Hey everyone, this is Shane Nielsen here, the host of Your Hype Girl Podcast. This is the first episode and I'm so excited to get my podcast up and going. Uh, this first episode is really all about me and my story. Uh, I really want my listeners to know who I am and where I come from and what makes me an expert in what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm a wife, a mom, a nurse practitioner, a med spa owner, an online coach, a business consultant, mentor, friend, and your biggest hype girl. My mission of this podcast is to empower others to know their worth and to chase their dreams. I find that I have met so many wonderful people along my journey that have empowering stories and strengths and they stand in their own way. I want to give you the tools to reach those goals and reach those dreams. You really just need two things. You need the hunger for it and you need grit because it's not easy. Um, so let's get started. Uh, I was born and raised in Utah. My biological parents divorced at a, at a young age. Um, I think I was maybe two. My um, parents were our addicts. My father was very abusive. Um, and I do remember this as a small child, him being uh, physically abusive with my mother. And um, they got divorced and both remarried some phenomenal people. Um, my step-parents were very influential in my life and both still part of my life, although they're not married to my, my parents anymore. Um, I was raised in Spanish work with my mom and stepdad and for the most part had some, some pretty good times during my childhood, but also some very uh, traumatic things happened during my childhood. And most of the trauma that I, I dealt with in my childhood came from uh, my time with my biological father. I was supposed to be supervised visitation, which didn't happen. Um, and some really shitty things happened to me during that time that I'll talk about down the road. Um, but for the most part, things were good up until my, my mom and stepdad got divorced. Uh, that was a turning point for me for a couple of reasons. One, I was in junior high and we all struggle in junior high, right? Trying to figure out our identity, but I was going through this, you know, my, my parents getting divorced, but also it was because of an affair. And I remember thinking back at that time that I wish they had fought for their marriage. Um, and that is a, is a very key experience for me um, further down the road in my story. But they got divorced. Um, I We moved to Springville. My mother and I did. Um, we were on church assistance. There were different times. I know my mom was on welfare and had other people helping us. Um, and she was doing the best she could. I fell into a deep depression during that time. I didn't know who I was. I didn't feel like I fit in. Um, I had been baptized. I, I, I was raised in a very a dominant LDS culture. I was baptized at the age of 12, not because I believed the church, but because I wanted to maintain my friends. Um, and, and so church was never a big part of my life. That was just that small, small time that I was baptized so that I could, I could stay friends with some of my friends. But in high school, um, I got a job. I was your, you know, a latchkey child at the time. I was numbing with alcohol. In fact, I think I got an alcohol ticket when I was like 14 years old. Um, just a lost child. And I had my vice principal, vice principal at the high school call me in one day and say, Shay, you're getting in some trouble. I'd been in some fights. And he said, you know, you're a, a really intelligent girl. You, you've got straight A's. Your attendance is horrible. You're getting into this trouble. Like, 
If you did these two packets, you could graduate early, get a scholarship, and move on with life. Still some of the best advice I was ever given. So I, I graduated a year early. I did walk with my class in 2022, um, mostly because I wanted to walk with my friends. Um, I think my mom had encouraged me to, to still walk with my class at that time. But I'd also moved down to Snow College, had started um, going to school down there. I chose Snow because my biological father lived in Ephraim, and I wanted to try to um, have a better relationship with him, but also his wife at the time was a dean of academics, and I could get tuition paid for, which is huge for us. There was no way I was going to be able to pay to go to school, or pay for school. Um, so I moved down to Ephraim and started Snow, and again, didn't know who I was, didn't know where I fit in, found myself partying a lot, um, and trying to just find someone to love me. I didn't love myself. I didn't feel loved in any of the relationships in my life. And um, I was set up on a blind date and <laughs> met the man that I, I had two children with and started a very toxic relationship. Uh, he was a felon, which I didn't know at the time. Um, but we dated, um, I had no intentions of spending more time with him other than really a, a physical connection and found myself pregnant. Um, I had graduated with my associate's degree, had moved back up to Utah County and really leaned on my, my stepdad um, and, his, and his family to help me because I really didn't have anything at the time. And I, when I was pregnant, met with a few different people that I, I felt like I could get some life advice from and, you know, was given, you know, really just three options. One, drop out of school, get a job and raise this child. Two, give her up for adoption. Three, have an abortion. And the cards have always been stacked against me. And I remember at that time thinking, uh-uh, I am going to be a mom and I am going to give her the best damn life I can. And... During meeting with some of these very influential people in my life, one of, one of the women had told me, Shay, success is the best revenge. And I have held on to that my entire life. Every time I get in a situation where I can either be the victim or learn from it, those words ring true in my head. Success is the best revenge. And I sucked it up. I worked full time. I was, you know, growing this baby. And three months after she was born, I married her father and a week later started nursing school. Worked full time, went to school full time and was trying to raise this baby. And, um, and not with a very supportive spouse. He, we were young and he, at the time I thought about going to med school, um, but ended up doing nursing because he was not overly supportive, didn't want me taking out student loans and very toxic. He is your very typical narcissist. Um, there was verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and it became physical. I finished my RN, so I did my LPN at Snow College and then did my RN through UVU. I took the long ass way to get my MP for sure. Um, but when I finished my RN, I sat for my NCLEX and what had three weeks left until I had my second child. And I did that because I wanted to spend time with her. 
I had to go back to work full time two weeks after I had my second child and had, you know, two children. Um, my oldest was two and then, and then had her. And um, I went back to work full time two weeks after she was born and quickly um, fell into some pretty dark times. My, at the time, my husband um, was, had multiple DUIs, couldn't keep a job. We were, it was a very volatile relationship. There was a lot of back and forth. And I remember getting shoved through a wall. I had, was holding one child, the other one was hiding under a bed. And at the time I was working for IHC and they had a program called EAP. And I went and met with a therapist and she noticed some bruises on me. And immediately, you know, red flags went up for her and said, I, I, I think you need someone um, that can help you a lot more than I can and referred me to a great therapist. And that therapist had encouraged me to leave. And when you're in, in one of those uh, abusive relationships, it's, it's so hard to see how bad it is when you're in the depths of it. And um, at the time, my mom didn't live here uh, before I left him. And, and during the time of leaving him, I had flown out to Georgia, I had drove her home. Um, and was there to live with me and help me with my girls when I left him and go through a really shitty divorce. Um, I was a single mom for a few years. I was doing my bachelor's, working full-time, going to school full-time, and trying to raise these babies all while dealing with a very toxic, manipulative ex. And during that time, I met my current husband. I did, I did not want to date. I, you know, I had, I had dated um, some different men, men that, I don't think could step up to the plate of loving someone that was so broken, but also stepping up to the plate to raise these girls because they needed a father figure. And my husband did that from day one. Our first couple of years of marriage was really hard. I was working with a therapist. It was hard for me to accept the type of love that he was giving me because it was unconditional and I didn't feel worthy of it. I had a lot of trauma I needed to process. I also felt like it came with a lot of baggage and I'm not calling my children baggage. It was all the other trauma that I was dealing with. Um, but he held my hand through it and, and unpacked the baggage one by one. During that time, uh, my ex became even more volatile. Um, we went from meeting in a parking lot um, that became physical to having to uh, drop our kids off and do a pickup through a place called ACAFs in Provo. I have a love-hate relationship with that place. I hated dropping my children off knowing they were going to go through an evaluation to be picked up by this man knowing what was going on in that other home but expecting some stranger to pick up on it. It ended up being a blessing though. They wrote up a full report for us and ended up going back to court over custody. And during that time, um, ORS had caught up with my ex and over the four or five years, he had never paid a penny for anything. In fact, I was paying his phone bill. I was paying his insurance. I was helping him financially until my now husband was like, what in the hell are you doing? I really just wanted him to be a dad. I wanted my girls to not be raised the way that I was, um, but I was enabling him in a big way. And when ORS caught up with him, they were taking, I think, 50% of his gross income and he flipped out. I still have those texts. He wanted me to give his money back. 
because I was now married, so I, I didn't need the money. Um, and, and, you know, tell me he didn't need to be paying my way. He didn't need to be paying my rent. He didn't need it. Are you freaking kidding me? It was five years of no payment, four or five years of no payment. It was going towards all of the daycare that I had to pay for to work full-time and go to school full-time as a single mother. Um, but it came to the point that he got sick of, um, well, it only happened twice, the, the garnishments, and he sent me a text and said, why don't you just have your husband adopt the girls? And it came down to money. And so we, it was about a year process. Um, it, it was it was not the most pleasant, but I knew the end goal. And it, it came down to forgiving the money that he'd owed me through the divorce, as well as forgiving everything he owed. And I knew what my girls were going to gain from that. I knew that this man was willing to step up and be their father. He was willing to step up and put them first instead of himself, which those girls had never had from a father figure. And so March 11th, 2013, my husband adopted my two girls. It's one of my favorite days. That's why I've got my little tattoo of 3-11-13. Um, it was, we call it family day now, one of my favorite days ever to celebrate. Um, I, during that time, I was working in the OR. Uh, I have a long history of nursing career, which I'll go over in another episode. Um, but right after the girls were adopted, I also started nurse practitioner school. So our, our lives were changing in these very phenomenal, significant ways. We bought our first house together. It was, a, it was an old home that my husband remodeled. Um, while I was going to school full-time, working full-time, um, we also had a, a child together during this time, which was crazy. Um, and I graduated school and had a, one of the neurosurgeons I work with call me and ask if I wanted a job. And when I applied to MP school, I really wanted to do neurosurgery or I wanted to do um, trauma. And so I was so freaking excited to get my dream job right off the bat. And he had mentored me for quite a while and really had hired me to work with one of the new surgeons coming on. So I had started about a week after that new surgeon had started. So we started around the same time. We built a, a beautiful practice together for five years. Uh, and the surgeon I was working with, um, some things had happened at that clinic and we started our own clinic. Um, not because we wanted to, but um, because we were forced to. I had the opportunity to stay at the current clinic and felt like I had spent five years with this surgeon that I really needed to, to help him build our practice. And so over a week of spending time in his basement while he's crying with his family to waking up the next morning and trying to reschedule surgeries and work on policies and procedures and figure out how to get a medical clinic up and going so that our patients didn't have any lapse in, in care you know, carrying a cell phone around 24-7 trying to reassure these, these patients because other clinic was telling them we'd left that yes, we're still going to do your surgeries. We're still going to see you in clinic. We've got this. Like, just try to be patient with us. Um, and I was so excited about what we were going to be able to build. And then he hired his father as his practice manager, which I think might have been better if his father had any experience in the medical field, but he didn't. And it became a very toxic um, work relationship. He, you know, you can't tell a man that his father's anything other than what he views him as, right? And 
So a year and a half, I'm working with him. I'm also doing aesthetic injections on the side. I love work. I've always really had two jobs, um, but I had started doing injections in 2019, um, two months before we left the other practice. So some overlap in what in in my story there. Um, and so we started our practice a year and a half in. I couldn't do it anymore. I found myself in a deep, dark depression. I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. There's a difference when you're working that amount of time and you feel loved and appreciated and financially making really good money so that you can really take care of your family and really make up for that lost time, right? And that was taken away from me. Um, I was gaslighted daily. I was not valued. I had other staff members telling me how they felt in the clinic and I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't carry their burden and I couldn't see the disappointment on my family's face anymore. Um, so I gave the surgeon an ultimatum and told him, um, you know, for me to stay in this practice, it's got to go back to being our practice. I've got to feel valued. We need somebody else to run the medical part of it. Have your dad do the educational part of it. And it, it, it didn't work out. Um, he... We had spent a Friday at Spanish Fork. It was our first day at Spanish Fork Hospital. I was so excited because I'm from Spanish. The CEO was somebody that gave me my first job when I was 17. There was a lot of special things about being at Spanish Fork. I had spent six months with the OR trying to make sure everything was perfect to get our cases going. Um, I think we had done six cases by like five o'clock. It was a phenomenal day. We really, there wasn't anything we were lacking. Um, and that day he had told me, you know, I remember sitting in the break room, looking out at Spanish Fort Canyon, which is where I had grown up part of my life. And, you know, just seeing all these things come full circle and having him say, I'm sorry, you're right. I haven't treated you like a partner. I, um, value you and I am so sorry. And you're right. My dad's not the right one for the practice. I'm going to ask him to step down. Two days later complete 180 sent me a bro uh, he, he broke up with me over email told me that he felt like his dad was the best one for the practice and that we should focus on building our own businesses um this happened in april well in march i had found a space to do the injections at and hired my niece as an esthetician i really wanted to help her out um, because estheticians don't get great jobs to start off at um, so I wanted to help her. My intentions were to stay in neurosurgery, um, but to also run the med spa. But I also felt a shift happening um, and knew that I probably needed to figure out a plan B. Um, and so when he sent me that email, I, I knew what was going to happen. I, I had offered to stay for like six months, help train somebody because the capacity I worked in with that surgeon was unrealistic. I saw patients in clinic, worked them up, got them scheduled for surgery, made sure that the images were sent to the hospital or the surgery center, made sure when I got to the hospital or surgery center that we had the HMP, I'd put the history and physical in, I'd put the orders in, I'd make sure the OR had everything that we needed every time for every surgery, made sure that the scrub tech knew how to do the case um, and would check their tables and make sure they had the right instrumentation, they had the right, um, suture and closures and that the patient's images were pulled up in the room. We would do the surgeries. I would do a lot of the closures. Then I would go out and I would help with um, the opno and then I would uh, do the orders for the patients. 
We would do rounding most weekends. I rounded on patients on Saturdays and Sundays. I was on call 24 seven for that clinic. My phone never stopped. And um, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I sunk into a deep depression. I felt like I had spent six years building this practice with this surgeon and he didn't truly value me. He didn't appreciate the risk I took with leaving the other clinic to help him start his own clinic. And um, that was pretty painful. It was like going through a divorce for me. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel valued. I, but I knew my worth, you guys. I, I, knew, I knew I could be successful. I had just helped build a successful neurosurgery practice I knew I could build my own practice. And I had I had that father tell me, there's no way you'd ever make, make it alone on Botox. And I thought, yeah, hold my beer and watch, dude. Success is the best revenge. And I, within a week, had a website, had um, developed my own website, started my social medias, started my marketing, built a business plan, and didn't do it with a partner. I didn't do it with any funding. I did it on my own and my husband being my biggest supporter again. Um, and we built a beautiful, a beautiful practice, beautiful med spa. Um, I wanted to build a practice that focused on the inside and the outside. It wasn't just about Botox and aesthetics, but it was about really feeling good and looking good. And so I started doing hormone replacement, um, IV therapy, uh, but it's it's turned into a very successful practice. But 2021, when I left neurosurgery, um, was a really dark place for me. I wasn't able to say goodbye to a lot of uh, people that I had worked with for years. Um, I it was like going through a divorce, and then hit a really rocky spot in my marriage, and. Professionally, my life had changed. Personally, my life had changed. And then at the end of 2021, my biological father passed away. And the last year of his life was not good. He, he was still struggling a lot. Um, he had used heroin the day he passed away. Um, but he, had, he was on Eloquist and he had fallen and hit in his head. Um, and it was fatal. 2021 was one of the worst years of my life. And 2022 has been one of the strongest years of my life and the one with the most growth and the most happiness. Um, I, found my, I found my why, I found my worth and continue with, with grit and grace. Um, we hit our year mark with our med spa. It's been super successful. Um, we're looking at opening a couple other locations. I've hired another nurse practitioner and a nurse. We've got a couple of estheticians. Um, I'm able to see my oldest every day. She just graduated high school and works in the med spot, which I love. Um, my middle child just turned 16 um, and is a phenomenal human being. I wish, I wish she could see what we see in her. She really is just a phenomenal child. And then our, our caboose, our seven-year-old, she is everything that my oldest and middle child have and just her own little feistiness. Um, and 
this last year has been really hard for our family, but we've also strengthened in a way I never thought possible. Um, we're closer than we've ever been and stronger than we've ever been. And this last year, there's been a lot of rumors about, about me, about me being fired or that I had inappropriate relationships with the surgeon or other male counterparts that I worked with, which are all absolutely not true. One thing that I stand for is truth and accountability. I was not fired. I have never cheated on my husband. Um, I have integrity. I have transparency and I have grace. Um, I, um, <laughs> there are rumors about my marriage, which some of those rumors are probably true. And, and I will talk more about that down the road. Um, but what I really want you to gather from my story, and there's so many other things I can talk about that I will later on, um, is that I have gone through a lot of shitty stuff, but I've had two options. One is become the victim and be a statistic and, and wallow in all of that or become empowered. Use it as my motivation to become stronger and better and more successful in my life. And I'm gonna teach you those tools. Um, I have a lot of um, great guests that are gonna be on this podcast. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get into the nitty gritty of, of being a domestic violence survivor, growing up with addict parents and, and siblings, um, my nursing career and starting at the bottom as a CNA and working my way up to a successful nurse practitioner. Um, and getting through some really hard shit in my family. And I'm excited, I, I'm excited and I hope that my story empowers, even if it just helps one person, I'm okay with that. But over the years I found that uh, women are drawn to me for different reasons. One, I think I've always listened to listen, I haven't listened to respond. Um, and I think that's crucial for, especially somebody in my line of work with coaching, you really need to connect with the people that you're co coaching and mentoring, but you also need to listen to them and what they need from you. And I feel like I've always done a pretty good job with that. Is everybody gonna like me? Absolutely not. Is everyone gonna connect with me? Nope. Um, but like I said, if I can just help one person, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm working on a lot of episodes with the podcast. I'm currently working on writing a book. Um, if you follow the MP coach on, um, Instagram, you can click that link. It'll be linked to my podcast that you can subscribe. There'll be an email subscription there as well, as well as a Facebook group. Um, and it's a great way to connect with me. You can message me on there. I try to get to my messages, but I also do have healthy boundaries in place where I'm not on my phone 24 seven. Um, if you have enjoyed listening and want to hear more about my story and, um, really just align with this empowerment, especially women empowerment, uh, subscribe to this podcast and, and join me for the ride. I promise you, you won't be disappointed and I will be your biggest hype girl. If this is something that aligns with you, uh, let me know.